Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I know, what is this? She is posting a podcast on a Friday. Hello. Um, a couple of things. Number one, I really want to start creating more podcasts because something that I've realized, and some of you have even come to my YouTube channel and like told me these things too, and it just took a while for me to realize it for myself, is that... The podcast is actually where I shine. Like, I know that my podcast isn't as hard hitting as my YouTube channel. It's not as popular as some of the other things that I do. But it is, and I've said this multiple times, it is my most authentic expression online. And I think it's because it, like, having all these, like, access to all these analytics when it comes to YouTube and having a comment section where people not aren't always the kindest and there's always criticism, it can really kind of keep you from sharing of yourself when you are just over analyzing every single step and move that you're making. And the podcast, I don't feel that. I feel like I, as long as I have my microphone, I can sit down at any time in any place and just like do what I want to do. And I can talk about what I want to talk about. And to be honest, I can also create episodes on like anything, anything and everything. And I don't feel this desire of like, oh, no, like, I have to make sure the content is like this, or I have to make sure that I'm um, pleasing everybody or, you know, because I don't, I also don't rely on my podcast as a source of income. And though it does, I do get like some income from it because it's, you know, I, I do have like advertisements and stuff, but it's not like something to bark up a tree about right now. Um, it's like very minimal. It might fill my gas tank and like buy me a loaf of bread. Like it's not, I think it's like less than a hundred dollars a month, but you know, that's, that's still something that's still something. And I realized that among all the work that I do online, period, all among all of it, the podcast is the easiest thing. And I think I've always said that too, is that I've never given up on it, not fully since starting, because it is the easiest thing I create. I don't have to sit and fuss with it. It really doesn't need to be edited because I'm not trying to say I'm a fucking superstar, but... I feel like, and I know this even from like my birth chart, my human design chart, like that is a gift that I have is the ability to intelligently discuss things and speak about things. And it's also come with a lot of me having to learn how to do that in my lifetime. And that's something that I actually noted recently in my own human design chart is that like, I'm not supposed to speak to people in like a curated way. 
it's supposed to be more off the cuff. Some of my greatest moments and like most impactful things that come out of my mouth for other people to help them is the stuff that I say that is right off the cuff. And there's no, I wrote this out or created a speech or made a plan. It's just like, oh, somebody gave me a microphone and I'm just supposed to talk for 25 minutes to an hour. I can do that. And it's easy for me. I know for some people, this might be like a really stressful thing. But for me, this is really easy. And it comes very naturally to me. And Honestly, I think I knew this about myself in like the eighth grade when I did a class presentation and blew everybody out of the water. And like people that didn't even like me came up to me after that class and were like, Chloe, your speaking skills, like what was that? I've never seen a presentation move me like that. And it was about like something, it was about like a place that made you feel safe. And mine, I just like really connected, like, I don't know. It was like the perfect topic for me as well. And anyways, that's like a whole other story. We can talk about that another time. My point is, is I've realized that if I have the energy, I really want to commit to uploading the podcast twice a week, doing like a Tuesday and Friday, which is exactly what my YouTube channel is. Because these are so easy for me, I don't see a reason why I wouldn't be able to do it, especially because my husband is my full time video editor. So I don't really have to worry about like video editing anymore, at least right now. Uh, so I feel like this is something that I can commit to as long as I have ideas, inspiration, and I'm available. Otherwise, we're going to do like once a week like we have been. So I'm not going to promise you that it's going to be every single week, two episodes. But the other thing I realized is that as I've been really working on myself over like this entire month, and we've talked about it a ton on the podcast, as I've really been working on myself, I've asked myself, like, what are the things that are really helping me? And that's something that helps me is listening to other people's podcasts. And they're so much easier. Like right now, you're probably doing something. You're probably walking. You're probably cleaning. You're probably driving, making yourself a cute little hot girl drink. Like, you know, whatever you're doing, you're probably doing something right now and listening to this podcast. And that's what I do. I put in a podcast and I do my cleaning routine or I do my skincare or, you know, that's, that's how I behave. And so I feel like I'm not trying to say that I am everybody's mentor or anybody's guru. It's not that, but I feel like if I can even be that for one of you, I've done my job. Like if one person really gets a lot out of the things that I talk about and it helps you to be your most authentic version of self and to move in a direction for your life that fully supports you, then like that's the person I want to show up as. And for me, I would love if some of the people I listened to uploaded more than once a week because girl, as I've been working on my own energy and not spending as much time with other people, I have been like burning through all my podcasts. I've had to go back episodes. Like I was recently listening to Mimi Bouchard's podcast, which I love very much. I think it's my current favorite podcast. Uh, I'm, I've started going backwards in episodes and I think I've gone through over a hundred episodes because that's just kind of what I do. If I'm not listening to superhuman or an audiobook, I'm listening to a podcast and I'm also very like 
I need audio stimulation. Like that's probably the most powerful stimulation I get, especially having like ADHD and also being highly sensitive. Uh, audio really does it for me. Like I can get enraptured in audio, especially like musical show tunes. Oh my gosh. I'm convinced in another life, I must have been like a Parisian performer. I'm convinced I lived in France in a past life and I'm convinced I was a performer because I feel like the rush that you get from performing on stage specifically, I can get that same rush just listening to somebody perform. And like my head gets tingly, my whole body gets tingly. Like anyways, point being, now that we're on to like our eighth side story, um, point being is... I just want to commit to being here a little bit more. I want to not fully, like I said, if I don't have the energy, I'm going to probably go back to like once a week here and there, but I really want to start committing to being here twice a week because I think that not only am I just in a lot of self-discovery right now, so I feel like I have a lot of things to talk about. And these also help me. Like, I want to make that very clear that for me being a Gemini moon, and maybe you are too, the way that we process emotion is by talking about it. And this is why CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy can be really helpful for, I would say anybody that has an air moon placement, it can be really helpful because our communication style, like we really like to talk. Um, I would say Virgo moons as well. Um, now, granted, I am not a professional, so I'm not trying to say that that's exactly what's going to work for you. But for me, I find that talking things out really helps me. And so sometimes this podcast is that outlet for me. When I'm recording them, I am giving myself an outlet to talk about things without having to go to another person. And yeah, so in any case, we're going to be here a little bit more. And I know a lot of you are going to be really happy about that. But today, I really wanted to talk about something that came about recently. And I'm going to do this in the most careful way possible, or talk about it in the most careful way possible, because I'm not trying to implicate anybody else in my life, especially this person that I love and care about so much. Um, but I just want to talk about my experience and how this was actually very transformational for me. And how this might be something that you are doing that you're not even aware of. So something that I've really been coming to terms with, and it's a big part of the catalyst. And I honestly owe the situation and the person that this like happened with so much gratitude, because it brought this awareness into my life that I didn't even know was like needed to come to the surface. It was a shadow aspect of me that I had no idea was still there. And sometimes people I believe relationships are our greatest moment for growth, they actually can help us to heal, they can help us to uh, come back to ourself when we realize that we've abandoned ourselves. And anyways, Basically, to make a long story short, what had happened was I recently had an experience where I could tell that something was wrong with somebody in my life. Like I could tell that they were not happy, they were not okay, and I kept pushing the issue. I kept asking, are you okay? And I'm the kind of person that if somebody tells me, oh, I'm fine, I don't accept that. Like I am not the kind of person that knows how to just let it go. And I will keep pressing and being like, no, I know that you're not fine. Like, why are you saying that you're fine when I know that you're not fine? And 
that that's like honestly something that gets on my nerves is when people say that they're fine. Like it's one thing to say, I don't want to talk about it, but it's a whole other thing to like lie when you can tell, especially to somebody that feels things so deeply like, hello, I came from traumatized parents. Like most of us have, but I feel like it was my survival depended on being able to read tone, body language and facial expressions. And even if I am only missing two of those things and all I'm getting is tone, I can tell. I can tell when somebody is not happy, when they're not okay, when they're not engaging in conversation. And it's easy for me to pick up on it. And I don't know that everybody lives their life that way. But something that happened is like this person started to get annoyed with me because I kept asking. And then of course, my inner wounding came out that was like, oh no, it's me. I've done something wrong. They're mad at me. And then I started to get really in my feelings about it and was like, oh shit, it's me. They're upset with me. I did something. And here's the thing. This was absolutely the way that I was taught to cater to my mother. This was absolutely how I was taught to cater to her. And if something was wrong with her, it was my fault. Even if that wasn't the intention, that was the energy that was given. There was no, this isn't your fault. Mommy feels this way. It was mom's off the rails. She's pissed. And mind you, I had a really tight knit close relationship with my mother growing up. So I honestly feel like I also have to mention here that I really do have so much gratitude for the relationship that I have with my mom and not necessarily that it's like the perfect relationship and like we're definitely not the ideal mother daughter, but I have to like really like I'm very much at a place where even though there was a lot of abuse from both of my parents in different ways. I have so much gratitude for the relationship that I have with my mother or had even then, because at this point in my life, I see how much I have been able to heal as an individual and how much I have been able to be a voice for change because of what I experienced. I want nobody to experience what I experienced and just for it to go on silently. And if I can be a voice for change, like, yes, that was a hard catalyst to deal with. I know in my heart that my mother loves me in the best way that she knows how. And sometimes that's not always the love that I need. But because of that experience, I have learned how to mother myself. I have learned how to nurture myself. I have learned how to be my own wise inner parent, as the holistic psychologist would say. And Without those experiences, I probably would not have become this person, the person I am today that is so rooted in being my authentic self and not being ashamed of that, because that was what I was always met with is we hide the authentic self. And I spent all of my like early 20s, teenage life, and even now it still crops up sometimes, which is what I'm trying to get to today. I still sometimes will run from that. And it's an ongoing process of being that person and not running from myself. So to get back to what I was saying, um, I don't know why I felt the need to insert that, I guess, because I think I've spent a lot of years and I know my mom doesn't listen to my podcast, at least not that I'm aware of. I think, honestly, I kind of hope she doesn't, not because I wouldn't say these things to her because I would if she asked, but I... I just feel like I don't know if she's open to that kind of 
criticism or that kind of openness. And I know it's not my job to cater to everybody's feelings. That's actually what I want to talk about today. But I also feel like sometimes I wish I could have that conversation. I wish I could have that conversation with my mom face to face and it'd be really well received. And as many of you know, that have similar situations, that's usually not how it goes because our parents don't know how to take ownership and accountability for their behavior because they feel like they're being blamed and attacked. And that's typically the response is they frankly just don't know how to take accountability. And it's not my job to teach that accountability. It's my job to keep myself safe. So in any case, um, something that cropped up for me with this friend that I was having this really intense emotions, like when I say I was crying, I was ugly crying. I was feeling awful. And I was like, I must have done something like racking my brain for what must I have done? What must I have done for my friend to show up in this way and to not like want to talk about it? And what must I have done? And there were other things that came up that like, I ultimately what came out is that she was just annoyed that I kept asking um, that was like the ultimate thing. And so there was something that I had done and it was that I kept prying and I kept trying to be the fixer and the rescuer and try to make things better and smooth things over because that's, that was always my role. That was always my role growing up is everybody's feelings were my responsibility. And even again, if people in my family or even in friendship circles growing up, this was true. I can think of countless friends that I had that I would always be the person that was trying to fix things. And I felt in my gut, like I would feel sick to my stomach if I made somebody upset or somebody was angry with me. Even if I was right and just in my cause, I would feel completely horrible if somebody was mad at me. And I also think that this can somewhat tie into my relationship with my dad, because my dad is very quick to anger, very short fuse. And I grew up in a, a house where my parents were just always yelling. And to this day, they still just always yell. And the interesting thing is that anytime anger comes out around me with anybody, even if I hear somebody yelling at their spouse or yelling at their animals or yelling, yelling actually really triggers me. And the funny thing is, and y'all might experience this in your own life in a different way, is I've come to realize, oh, why does this make me want to cry? I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm always fucking crying on this podcast. I swear. It's because this is how I process my own feelings is by sitting down and talking. I realize that I'll sit in really uncomfortable situations, whether it's like on the phone or in a situation where I'm next to somebody who's yelling, even if it's like a total stranger, I'll sit and feel really uncomfortable and I won't stand up for myself and I won't excuse myself from the situation because those places feel like home. And that's the problem with coming to terms with your own self-abandonment, your own shadow, is when those pieces of you crop up, it feels like a stab to the heart when you realize, oh, shit, this has been going on the whole time. Like, I've been this fixer, this rescuer, I've been sitting in these situations. And it's because it feels like home. This feels like a dynamic that I'm used to. And even if it's 
horribly uncomfortable, there is something familiar about it. And even if it's unconscious, which for me it was, even if it, and then it became conscious, even if it's really unconscious that you're doing this, you can't figure out why you keep being drawn to it or why these things keep repeating. So this experience that I had with this friend where I was wanting to fix and change and I was wanting to like swoop in and be the rescuer. This was a pattern that I've had in the past that felt very comfortable for me. And the more that I would try to reach out, the more I was being ignored, the more I was being like, the more I could tell and feel that this person was pulling away from me. And that of course would make me just want to attach harder. And Ultimately, we ended up having a conversation, we went back and forth a couple of times and things got better. Like, ultimately, the discussion was that, you know, sometimes they don't want to talk about their feelings and that that's okay. And that should be allowed to be okay. And it's not my job to fix and rescue and go after. And it brought up a lot for me. And I'm, I'm so grateful that this friend was able to hold space for me at that time, because I was crying. Like I, we do a lot of video messaging, like me and a lot of my friends will send videos back and forth instead of texts. And like, girl, I was a crying. I was like, you know, this is a really like, for lack of better words here, this is like a really ugly part of me. This is a part of me that I feel very ashamed of. And now that it's like out here, I'm super aware of it. Like, I have to basically like figure out what to do with that. And I hope that like, you'll give me another chance to like next time I won't pry next time I will be more conscious because I see it. And this actually led me to now I'm so aware of how I'm always catering to every person in my life. I am so aware of it that I can't avoid it. And it's honestly kind of been a little mind boggling. I feel like I'm actually going through a very deep transformation right now. And I'm in the middle of it still where I'm usually the person that will send people text messages if I don't hear from them every couple of days. Hey, how are you? Hope you're having a good day. Um, or I will have this like quota in my head. That's like, Oh, I haven't hung out with this friend this week. I need to make sure I prioritize them this week or they're going to abandon me. They're going to think I don't care. And I need to make sure that I'm there. And we talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast where, or it actually might be an episode that hasn't come out yet. I'm not sure what order they're coming out, but, um, there was an episode that I put out where I talked about how, I abandoned my family at one point in my 20s and then I like chose a new family like I chose friends instead but what happened is is I didn't actually heal from that original dynamic and now I have these same coping mechanisms but I've attached them all to friends and that's a problem. I don't like that. This is a pattern that again I'm so consciously aware of now that I'm I'm finding new ways to work through it. And I keep telling my husband that I'm like in my selfish era right now, <laughs> that my time is my time. I'm not going to reach out to people. I'm not going to 
And it's not about like, oh no, they haven't texted me in five days. I better not reach out. No, I don't play games like that. Like that's actually one area in my life that and this like no shade if you do this thing, like that's for you to figure out. But that's actually something I really pride myself on. I really am my authentic self in the sense that I've never in my life after being like 14 and doing it once, it never happened again. I am not that bitch that's like, oh no, they texted me twice and waited an hour. I need to wait two hours to text them back. I don't play games like that. And so like, if I'm not talking to you, I'm not texting you. I'm not like inviting you to do a b and c like it's it's not because i'm sitting here waiting baited with bated breath by the phone for them to make the first move like no i'm actually just really focused on myself right now and as i was saying i feel like this has really led me into like no i'm in my selfish era i am working on myself i'm being with myself and if anybody comes to me and asks like where i've been or what i'm doing like that's okay. I can tell them exactly what's going on. And if anybody like, I think the fear is, again, it's that anger. I'm so afraid that by stepping back for a little bit and being with myself, that I'm going to somehow make people angry with me. And I have such this fear of anger. And Anyways, that's like the shadow that has just popped up. It's this, I'm afraid of anger and I constantly people please and I constantly am always checking like the pulse of all of my relationships to make sure that they're okay. And there are some people that I don't ever feel like I have to worry. Like, I definitely feel like my husband is somebody like that. Like, I don't, I definitely don't treat my husband like that. Um, and I do have friends that we cannot talk for months at a time. And when we talk, it's like no time pass and it's fine. But I feel like people that I'm talking to consistently and it's me, it's not them. It's me. I am taking full accountability here. Like it's me that is constantly checking to make sure that I'm still liked, that I'm not being abandoned, that no one's mad at me. And ultimately what I've discovered through really diving in and doing the deep work is it's self-abandonment. That's exactly like in those moments where I was going after my friend and being like, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I was pushing. It was me abandoning myself and trying to make myself open and available for this person when I really didn't have the space. And I wasn't doing it from a genuine place. I was doing it from a place of fear where I was afraid that there was something wrong and I needed to just fix it immediately because I couldn't handle the uncomfortable. I couldn't handle the uncomfortability. I couldn't handle it. And now I'm realizing that in order to change, I have to stop participating in that kind of behavior. And it's been hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Healing is not easy. Healing is not easy. This is not work that is going to be linear. And something that I've really started to do is anytime I have a thought cross my mind, that's like, Oh, so-and-so must be mad. Like it's like in the past, I would overanalyze everything. Like somebody would send a message in like a group chat or on discord or a text message. And I would read into like every word 
and be like, oh, they didn't send a smiley face, so they must be angry, or they didn't say it this way, so there's something wrong. And again, I would make it my mission to figure out what the problem was and try to be the person helping create solutions. And don't get me wrong, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, I'm a fucking gift, to be honest, like, (laughs) not to toot my own horn, but beep motherfucking beep. Like, I think it's a gift to have somebody in your life that wants to help you create solutions. But the problem is, is if nobody's asking for those solutions, if nobody's asking to like, be helped to feel better or wants that space to be held for them, you kind of just have to not. And again, I'm not used to this. It's actually very dissatisfying. And I feel like during this process, like another facet of this, if you're going through this, if maybe let's say you're a chronic people pleaser and you feel like the things that I'm saying are really hitting and they're like resonating deeply with you, I want to encourage you to every time you feel that innate desire to chase after somebody or fix something or give a solution or be the problem solver, wait for them to ask And if anybody gets mad at you, if you're in the same boat as me and you're scared, like it is your responsibility to tell that person, hey, I understand that you're frustrated because I've changed something about me that maybe you're used to having. But right now I'm really working on creating better boundaries with people. And if you want somebody to sit there and be with you, I need you to ask me. If you're not okay and you need somebody to hold space, I need you to ask me. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I've also just kind of like also easier said than done. Not going to lie to you about it. It's definitely been really, really hard um, during the week. Again, if I feel like, because like, I feel like especially as somebody who's highly sensitive, I don't call myself an empath, even though I feel like they're on similar threads. Because I really do believe that my quote unquote gifts were actually formed out of trauma. Like the reason I'm able to pick up on tone and engagement and social interaction and facial expressions and body language is because it was a survival tactic. I'm highly sensitive. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I can't like, you know, I, I am sensitive in other ways other than just that. I'm not trying to say like, I do think highly sensitiveness is like something that you ultimately inherit. But I do feel like a lot of times the way that people describe empaths is I feel like number one, people that call themselves empaths, Often, not always, I definitely have some very loving empaths in my life that call themselves that, but oftentimes they are some of the least empathic people. And I feel like that's almost my first tip off, especially as I've like studied psychology is when somebody calls themselves that I, that immediately to me is a red flag. I'm like, oh, like usually that's not something that people wear openly, Um, not always though, like I said, I definitely have seen multiple cases where it's not like that, but to me, that's like one of the biggest tip offs. So I personally do not call myself that because to me, that's just like a really big red flag. And I see it a lot, especially now that like empaths, uh, being an empath is like so mainstream now. I feel like that to me is a huge red flag when somebody calls themselves that like let their actions speak louder. Um, So I don't call myself that, but I do believe that I am highly sensitive and um, it's definitely difficult when, you know, I'm, 
I'm picking up on a lot of subtle cues that something isn't okay in a friend's life, no matter, or a family member's life, even like more recently. And it's hard for me to hold back. It feels inauthentic to me to hold back. But the thing is, again, if this is you and this is resonating with you deeply, you have to recognize, and that was the hard realization I had to have, is when you do this, you're not coming at it from a place of love. Oftentimes you're coming at it from a place of self-abandonment and worry. And that is an energy that I no longer wish to claim. And though it's been really hard, I have had to put separation between me and pretty much all other people in my life right now. Like there is, I'm like, for the most part, like, obviously I have my spouse that I talk to all the time. We live in the same house. We're very committed. Um, but I feel like for the most part, I've really kind of toned down my social engagement over the last, like, I'm going to say it's been like two weeks. Um, by the time you hear this, I don't know how long it will have been, but it's been probably at least two weeks. And I also keep reminding myself, like, if you're in this boat and you're struggling with the anxious feelings of not like being the fixer, being the helper, wanting to dive in, immerse yourself in content like mine. Immerse yourself in listening to podcasts, listening to affirmations, like whatever it is for you. For me, I really like audio. Audio works super well for me. Um, but maybe you need to like watch something visually or, um, maybe writing out what's going on helps you like doing an activity. But for me, audio is extremely stimulating. So I use that to my advantage. I will be listening to podcasts all day long on self-development on, um, how to come back to yourself, things to nurture yourself, to be the wise inner loving parent that you know that you are and need to be for yourself. And um, I also recently, if you want like a tip, uh, I've recently started listening to uh, the, I've recently started listening to this book. Um, it's called Heal Your Past, Transform Your Relationship Patterns and Come Home to Yourself. It's called Becoming the One by Shailena Ayana, I think. And she's the founder of Rising Women, which a lot of people know about her. Um, you maybe have even heard of this book before. I don't feel like I lose myself in my relationship with my partner. I do feel like I often lose myself in relationships with friends and that's something that, again, it's been a really harsh reality to be woken up to, but I feel like I am on the precipice of such deep, deep work that I had no idea still existed within me. And listening to this book, though it talks a lot about like love relationships so far, even as somebody that's just working on my relationship with other people in my life and not romantically... I'm only, what am I on? I'm on chapter one still. And I feel like it's already opened my eyes. It's already opened my eyes to the way that my early childhood has continued to play out. And when I started to get emotional earlier, talking about, um, talking about how this is just a consistent pattern and I've, I've done this and I've like, I've, I've been this person and I haven't been helping myself. And 
like I've truly let myself lean into self-abandonment and honestly my whole comeback arc that's been like nope I'm in my selfish area I'm being my rich mom self like all of these things that I've talked about with you listening to the superhuman app all the time listening to mentors all the time like that is me reclaiming my own space and asking myself daily who do I want to show up as today because I am so sick and tired of living for every other person beyond myself. And I feel like that's kind of what happens. Either you get really settled and comfy into that routine and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, no judgment. I think everybody's journey is their own or you get so sick and tired of that mentality that you will do anything to get out of it. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I've been, not reaching out to people. I like if people reach out to me, like I do have one friend that I've been consistently playing a lot of video games with. And that's because they are reaching out to me personally and being like, Hey, you want to play games tonight? Blah, 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 blah. And so I've done that. But other than that, and it's again, it's not because I'm playing games. I want to make that so clear that like, don't if you're trying to do this for yourself, don't do this to play games with people like you're missing the point. If all you want to do is like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to talk to this person and I'm going to close up and I'll teach them a lesson. Like, no, that is definitely not the energy that is going to support you not abandoning yourself. The moment that you're actually doing something to spite somebody else like that, you're abandoning yourself. And so, yeah, I've just been really focused on how can I stop abandoning myself? How can I be here for me? And that's just like, I wanted to share that inspiration with you because I really feel like we live in, an, in a society that perpetuates really toxic relationships and it perpetuates really like disingenuous connection. And I'm still shook. Like, I know that healing really is a lifelong journey. It's not your purpose, but it is a lifelong journey. And we're going to continue to meet ourselves in new ways. But this was definitely something I didn't see coming. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not fully there yet, but I feel myself becoming grateful for the experience because honestly, I think I'm in my best timeline like, I don't know how else to explain it. I think I'm in my best timeline. Like, I really do believe that we can reality shift. Maybe not so much in the way that people always talk about, like, going to sleep not married and waking up married with kids and stuff. Like, for me, that is too grandiose for where I am right now. Maybe in the future I'll think differently. But I do believe that there are concurrent realities existing. And even if it's just subtle changes, like as you change, you will shift into that reality regardless. And we should probably talk about that in another episode, maybe next week. <laughs> we can talk about it. But I have so much to actually say about that, about how I feel like I've actually shifted my reality and, and the subtle differences that I've noticed noticed um that just kind of like really blow my mind but in any case that's what I'm going to leave you with this week so if you feel like you've been abandoning yourself whether it's for family or friends or anyone I encourage you to recommit to yourself even if it feels uncomfortable and 
Don't be surprised if your shadows pop out at you at random times when you don't expect it, especially during a Mercury retrograde, which I think by the time you hear this episode, Mercury retrograde will still be going on. But I love you so much, pumpkin. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And if you love this podcast and you want to support it continuing to get made, please, please, please rate my podcast anywhere that you can. I know Apple podcast is a good place. But I want to say other, like, I want to say you can rate it on Spotify and stuff too. So wherever you're listening, please give my podcast a rating. It helps us make new friends and it keeps this podcast going. And this is somewhere I want to keep putting my energy because I love this work. I love what I create here. And I really, as many of you have come and told me, I really do agree that I think this is where I really shine. So um, and when I shine, just as the great Lizzo would say, if I'm shiny, everybody's gonna shine. <laughs> so have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.